5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. Six minutes after seven. Good morning to you. Welcome to Monday. If you are joining us for the first time, we wanted to follow up a story written by 5AA Breakfast contributor Sean Fuster in the Sunday Mail yesterday. It relates to the uh, the sister of murdered rape victim Anne-Marie Carlton, who has spoken out demanding that Jonathan Bakewell, the man responsible for murdering Eileen's sister in 1988, stay behind bars. She says he's breached parole conditions four times in just three years by consuming illicit drugs. The parole board hasn't made a determination yet, but they say Bakewell does not pose a threat to the community. Eileen Carlton joins us now. Eileen, good morning to you. Thank you, David and Will, for having me. No, not at all, Eileen. And first, we commend you for your, your, your courage in speaking out. Yeah. We saw Sean's piece yesterday in the paper, and he said that it's the first time in more than three decades that you've spoken to the media, and it's a great thing that you're doing this in your in your sister's memory. But reading the circumstances in which your sister lost her life so tragically, she was just 20 years old, I don't know why anyone will be considering letting this bloke out. Well, that's right. Bear, bear in mind that when he was first sentenced, it was for life mm. without parole. Mm. And as far as I'm concerned, and my family was concerned, that was justice being done. And even though it, nothing would bring my sister back, at least we could be rest assured that he was behind bars and he wouldn't attack another woman. Mm. Now, the situation changed because the laws changed and they then started granting parole to rapist murderers on life sentences and and now we have a situation where this this man has been released on parole he's breached his parole four times for taking drugs and yet the parole board are just acting like a revolving door they just keep releasing him and I'm speaking on the radio for the first time now, mm. and I'm, I'm speaking because I'm absolutely petrified. I'm petrified that they're going to release him tomorrow, and I'm petrified that when he gets out, he's going to rape and murder another woman. The thing I find so amazing, and for you it must be so so troubling, is that the circumstances under, under which Anne-Marie died, where she was asleep in a bed when he, when he broke into her flat in the middle of the night, he was on drugs then, and mm-hmm. and now you, you would think that the drugs component of it, if he's trying to act like a fit and proper person, mm. how does how can anybody argue on his behalf that he's that he's redeemed himself in any way when he's he's already been breaching parole repeatedly by taking drugs while he's still in prison? Exactly, and the thing is, is that when he was fighting a few years ago, to get his non-parole period reduced. He, was, he, he fought all the way to the High Court of Australia. And key to that, key to that defence was that he said that he'd been doing drug rehabilitation programs in prison and that, that key to him, what was critical to him not reoffending was complete abstinence from drugs. Yeah, yeah. He said it himself, his defence said it, the parole board knows it, and 
And yet, who's hearing the warning? Mm. No one. Mm. Yeah. I, I just, I really cannot believe the cavalier attitude of the parole board. And Eileen, you've written to the Premier and people within government. Yes. What have they said to you? I wrote, I wrote on the 8th of March, I wrote to the Premier, to the Attorney-General and to the Police and Corrections Services Minister. I wrote to them and I said, I am alarmed that the parole board keep releasing Bakewell. At that point, that was March, I knew of two breaches. And now we're up to four. So the, the first breach, I wasn't even told about. Mm. And he didn't go back to jail. The, the victim family didn't even know. I only found out because the parole board chair wrote to me and, and listed that breach. That was news to me. Now, what happened was so I, asked, I asked the government for urgent action and they just flipped me back to the parole board. So the Premier didn't respond to this day. I've, I've not heard back from him. The Attorney-General finally, after, my, I, after I followed up again and said, I'm going to escalate this, she finally said, oh, that's not my responsibility. That's the Police and Correctional Services Minister's responsibility. He wrote back to me and he said, oh, that, that's, that's an issue that, that um, is the concern of the parole board. And, and he just flicked me back to the parole board, sent my letter to them. Hmm. So now bear in mind that I saw media reports last year where he, he there's a picture of him standing there with the parole board chair saying, oh, I'm, we're going to have, have more transparency of the parole board. Well, here we are. And he's refusing to e investigate this issue. Mm. Eileen, the, the parole board's invited you to make a submission. Do, do you think that's going to be listened to, or do you think he's going to be released tomorrow? I don't think it's going to be listened to. I've, I've, I've got, I've got a letter from the parole board chair, uh, and she's made it very clear that she believes that he's not a threat to the community. Now. At the same time she wrote that letter, they'd issued a warrant for his arrest and the police came and picked him up and, and they've taken him back to jail. So if he's not a threat to the community, then why are they issuing a warrant for his arrest mm. and sending him back to jail? So it, 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 it's a complete it's farce. It really is a complete farce. I reckon and our listeners would agree with you 100%. On that score, Eileen, and look, the Premier always listens to our show. He, he texts in about all sorts of things, and this is one issue, Premier, if you're, if you're listening now, we're sure that you are. You, you need to get yourself and all the relevant ministers across this today because, you know, I, I think that every every word that Eileen just said, yeah. the, the, this guy sounds like a beast of a bloke, and the community will be scratching their heads, particularly given that the sentence was originally life. And, and, and just to put people in the picture too... This is not one of those where someone's being considered because they're a frail 91-year-old who can't hurt anyone any longer. This, this guy's, guy's 50, 57. 57. 57 years old. The other thing that puzzles me with these cases is you think about the number of people out there who are trying to get by and for whatever reason don't. You know, they're, they're poor. They've had limited opportunities, but they're living yep. their life within the law. Yep. Who's devoting all their time to helping them? Because mm. someone... Or well, some people are devoting a hell of a lot of time to helping Jonathan Bakewell. Yeah, someone yeah. got him all the way to the high court. Yep. 
Someone's helping him do all this now. Surely there's other people out there who deserve yeah. more help than Jonathan Bakewell. Don't you Direct, oh, there's no doubt about that. There is uh, no doubt. Imagine doing that for a whatsoever. Living. Yeah. Pass. Thank you, Eileen. Thanks, Eileen. Good to speak to you. Four day minutes after seven.